This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Uh, Due to the length of both our shows tonight, I have very limited time. Just let me introduce our first character, Nero Wolfe, played by Sidney Greenstreet. Nero, obese, loves food and all fine things, and hates leaving his antique stuff department. But he's a brilliant detective. Here's the episode entitled, Disappearing Diamonds. Ladies and gentlemen, the ringing of that phone bell brings you mystery, adventure... Nero Wolf's office, Archie Goodwin speaking. Willie Inch, did you say? Just a second. Do you want to talk to a fellow named Willie Inch, which I doubt? No. He says he's got to see you, got to. Who is he? I'll ask. Uh, Mr. Wolf doesn't recognize your name, Mr. Inch. He wants to know who you are. Uh, Just a second, I'll tell him. Mr. Inch says he's a sneak thief. He says you never heard of him, but he's heard of you. Should I tell him to get lost? Wait a minute, Archie. Ask him what he wants. Uh, Inch... Mr. Wolf wants to know what you want to see him about. A phony murder rap. This is a phony murder rap. It'd have to be, wouldn't it, Archie? How do you mean? Phony, I mean. Did you ever hear of a sneak thief committing murder if it could possibly be avoided? Yes, Archie. Tell Mr. Inch. I'll listen to his story. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that renowned genius who is the bulkiest, bulkiest, most ponderous, and most brilliant detective in the world. Yes, none other than that chair-borne mass of unpredictable intellect, Nero Wolfe. Created by Rex Stout and brought to you in a new series of adventures over this NBC network in the person of Mr. Sidney Greenstreet. <laughs> Mr. Wolf and I talk about this little difficulty. He calls it the case of Archie Goodwin and how he got hooked. However, I call it the case of the disappearing diamonds. I prefer my title. He prefers his. Anyhow, it started with an improbable character named Willie Inch. That'll be our sneak thief, Archie. Let him in. Okay, boss. Okay. Inch? Yeah. Come in. In there. I'll follow you. Mr. Wolf, this is your client. Mr. Inch? Uh, yeah. Mm. Tall fellow. That's nearly six feet six. Sit down. Uh, where? Archie? Here, Mr. Inch. This ought to be comfortable. Where, Mr. Inch? Uh, uh, look, Mr. Wolf. They're going to claim that I killed a woman I never even touched. And I'm going to fry for something I never even done. All right, Mr. Inch. How did you kill her? I didn't. I didn't. I never killed nobody in my life. Mr. Inch, you say you're a thief. Can you prove it? Uh, I got a record. Why? I was wondering about that bulge in your pocket. Oh. Oh, here? It's, uh, it's a silver cigarette lighter, ain't it? I guess it sort of dropped into my pocket as I was going by. You see you see the way it happened? Never mind, Miss Binge. Now tell me how you didn't kill the woman for whose murder you will fry. Well, well, Mr. Wolf, sir, it was like this. There was a window half open, you see, and I happened to crawl inside the house. But hey, now. Well, Miss This, uh... This is just between us, ain't it? Possibly. How do you mean? Explain, Archie. Mr. Wolf said possibly. Oh. Well, uh, okay. So I happen to find myself in the bedroom, see? So I happen to sort of roam around, and I hear there's like a party going on. You know, people and music. So I lock the door. So go on. Let him tell it his own way, Archie. Well, Miss Lynch? So that's the mistake I make. Mistake? Maybe I, I leave my fingerprints on the door. So? So, so later, a dame gets herself knocked off in the same room. And they look for fingerprints. And they find mine. 
I'm it. That's all. I, I got a record. So, so the chair. I see. Pitiful case, isn't it, Archie? Very, very mournful. Inch. Uh, yes, sir. I presume you came away with some souvenirs? Oh, nothing. It wasn't worth the trouble. You know, just odds and ends, junk. Have you got a junk with you? Yeah. Let me see. Uh, here. Cigarette case, platinum. Lighter, gold. Vanity case, gold. That's, that's all? Mm, positively. Junk, the man says. I promise nothing, Mr. Inch, but it might be better if you told the truth. Me? You. Oh, well. One square cut emerald ring. I, I just happened to find it. Here's something more. A pewter ashtray. Look, the room is dark. I can't see. Piles of coats under beds and hats and handbags. I take what I find. Why didn't you turn on the lights? One of these big standing lamps. You know what I mean. Go on. I bump into it. And it scares the living... I mean, it scares me. Joe? I, I turn the switch. It don't work. Archie. That sounds like the law, boss. The law. Stay right where you are, will you? May I suggest there is a way to find out, Archie? Okay, okay. We don't want any. Good morning, Goodwin. You remember me, your old friend, Inspector Kramer? Two gentlemen with me are also with the department, Pearlie and Ostrakovich. May we come in? What do you want? We want a murderer, and we want some rocks worth 250 grand. Does that answer your question? What makes you think you'll find all those goodies here? Come in, man. We know Willie Inch is here. Where is he? Now, just a second. We're coming with you, Goodwin. Okay, Inspector, come along. Well, Archie. The law. That's Willie Inch frisking. Ah, no weapons? Okay, just put the cuffs on him. Inspector Kramer. Oh, yes. Hello, Wolf. I want to tell you something about this man whom you and your men have so bravely captured in my office. You don't need to tell me about him, Wolf. We know about him. Do you indeed? Yes. We know he killed Mrs. Florence Avery March and stripped a quarter of a million worth of diamonds off her. That's all we need to know. I didn't do no such a thing. Where's the ice, Willie? I never even seen none, honest. Take him away, boys. I'll make the charge when I get back to my office. Wait. Now, Mr. Wolf, sir. Take him. Look, I ain't done nothing, I tell you. Inspector Kramer. Yeah. We're going to have a little talk now, aren't we? If necessary. How do you mean? Explain, Archie. Uh, Mr. Wolf means you're going to have a little talk if necessary. Very funny. I will now draw up a chair and show you why it's necessary. In the first place, $250,000 worth of diamonds makes it necessary. Archie, if you please, about the beer. Okay. Will the inspector name his poison? You know I never drink on duty. And just for me, Archie, please. On my way. <laughs> a bottle of imported beer, it occurred to me that I had something to be grateful for. At least I wasn't in Willie Inch's enormous shoes. And as I went back to the office, I had time to wonder why Mr. Wolf would stick his fat neck out for a no-good like Willie. Thank you, Archie, and sit down, Archie. Inspector Kramer has a theory that may amuse you. Near our Wolf's office. It's for you, Inspector. Hello, Kramer. Yeah? A gold cigarette holder? That's all? Okay. Inspector, do you realize that you have already taken a great deal of my time? Archie. Yes, Inspector? The great Mr. Wolf just said I had a theory that might amuse you. Would you care to hear it? I can hardly wait. Okay. My theory is that both Wolf and you are receivers of stolen property and possibly guilty of murder conspiracy. So far, you got me in stitches. <laughs> Willie Inch, with a record as long as your arm, robs the home of Mrs. Florence Avery Marsh. He strangles her with a silk scarf, takes the diamond she's wearing, grabs everything else that's lying around, and then what? Is it a question? I'll tell you what. He will, too. <laughs> Archie, listen, listen. Van Inch brings the stuff here, the stuff that's piled on Wolf's desk and the diamonds. You want me to tell you where the diamonds are? They're in that safe right there. Inspector Kramer, I know nothing about the diamonds. They are not in the safe and they're not in the house. Now you can take my word for it 
Or you can get a search warrant and make a fool of yourself. I'm going to have lunch. By two o'clock, the newspapers were full of the murder of Mrs. Florence Avery March. The suspect was already in custody, caught at the home of Nero Wolf, well-known private investigator. Some of the stolen jewelry had been recovered, but not the diamonds. Then we had a visit from Mr. Anson Stark, who had opened Mrs. March's door and found her dead. Stark was a big athletic guy of about 30 or so with the large, capable hands of a surgeon or a laboratory worker. He seemed annoyed at the inconvenience we caused him, but that was only natural. That's the story, Mr. Wolf. I don't see how I can add anything more to it. Uh, you had known Mrs. March for several years, huh? Mm, casually. When you broke the door open, uh, was it difficult? Not very. You were the first into the room? There were three or four of us. We pushed in together. You saw the body of Mrs. March immediately? She was lying across the bed that was heaped with coats and hats and handbags. You knew she was dead? Of course not. In fact, somebody else discovered that she had been choked to death. And who discovered that the diamonds were gone? I don't know. I didn't. Uh, were there many diamonds, Mr. Stark? No, just a few, but big ones. She wore them on a pendant around her neck. Mr. Stark, I want to thank you again for having been so patient. I have been patient, Mr. Wolf. I have my own business to attend to. Which is? Oh, I have a small but hopeful enterprise. Electronics, tubes for radio and television. Mostly experimental. Well, that reminds me, Mr. Stark. When you entered the bedroom, was the light on or off? Uh, let me see. Of course, it was on. It must have been on. Why? Just curiosity, Mr. Stark. Oh? Anything more? That's all, except thank you for coming here. Archie, will you take Mr. Stark to the door? Stark departed like a man who'd been delayed by a petty annoyance. A few minutes later, the door buzzed, and I went, expecting anything. Anything but what was standing on the threshold when I opened up. A honey blonde. Or, to put it another way, a blonde honey. I said hello. No, more like hello. Are you Mr. Wolf? Uh, I'm his assistant, Archie Goodwin, and what can we do for you? Well, I'm Valerie Ladd. And I'm Archie Goodwin. Or did I tell you that? Well, that's exactly where I came in. Well, I mean, where I thought you were going to ask me to come in. Oh, come in, come in. I'm sorry. How is he? Is he here? Wolf? Mm -hmm. Uh, does he know you? No. Is he expecting you? No. I see. Of course you don't see, do you? Well, uh, this is it, Mr. Gooden. I'm a writer. I may not look like it, but that's what I am. And I want to do a, a profile, a character study of Mr. Wolf for a magazine. Uh-oh. What's wrong? Well, you see, there's a writer named Rex Stout. Oh, I know. He's written a lot about Nero Wolf, but... Well, can't I write about him, too? I don't know if he's going to like it. But you can't be shot for trying. Come on. Mr. Wolf, this is Valerie Ladd. Pardon me for not rising, Miss Ladd. It is not impolite. It is merely impracticable. Miss Ladd wants to write about you for magazine. Please, Mr. Wolf. Nonsense. Mr. Wolf, if I could just spend a few hours with you, that would be enough. Would it indeed? Oh, yes. Have you written much, Miss Ladd? Oh, reams. You know, uh, the habits of writers interest me. The habits? Yeah, the writing habits. For instance, do you use a pen or a pencil? Do you dictate, or like most writers, do you do your own typing? Mr. Wolf, if you knew the hours and days and, and years that I've pounded a typewriter. Of course. Archie. Yes, sir. Why don't you take Miss Ladd up and show her the orchids? You never know about Nero, Wolf. At least I never do. This was something I would have bet against a thousand to one. I couldn't understand it. But I certainly couldn't complain. Archie, look at this one. Oh, did you ever see anything so gorgeous? Very pretty. Ah, they're all just beyond belief. Yeah. But you're not even looking at them, Archie. What? Oh. <laughs> Archie, are you always like this? What do you mean, like this? Well, so... So distant and preoccupied. Honey, you got me wrong. Completely. I was thinking. Oh. Yeah, about telephone numbers. It's a lovely thing to think about. What can you think about telephone numbers? 
I was thinking how some girls have them and some don't. Oh, I see. Archie, I apologize. For what? I did have you wrong. You're not a bit distant. I can be a lot closer than this, honey. What is it? What's what? The number. Oh, well, it's, uh, it's in the book. Yeah? I wonder. Hmm. Sound as if you don't believe me. Oh, I believe you, but uh, here's a telephone book here. Let's lick it up together, shall we? Uh, Archie. Yeah. Uh, I'm afraid I lied to you. I was afraid of that, too. Are you angry? Well, I can take no for an answer, honey. Even when it's hard to take. Archie, I've changed my mind. I want you to have my number. And I want you to use it, too. You know, honey, I'm beginning to take an interest in this dialogue. Let's have it. Okay. Olympia 93659. And a very, very pretty number it is. Valerie Ladd. Two Ds? Uh-huh. Olympia 93659. Honey Blonde. Gorgeous. Oh. Spelled gorgeous. There. Uh, what are we doing tonight, Olympia 9? And I said that you were distant and preoccupied. Uh, we were talking about tonight. Hmm. All right, Archie. Yes, I'd love it. Oh, these orchids, they're really beyond belief. And you won't even look at them. True. I'm too busy looking at you. Well, how do I look, Archie? Beyond belief, honey. <laughs> beyond belief. Well, there goes the good one luck again. It's a house phone party. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Okay. He wants us to come down. Archie. Yes, dear. Even if he says no, we uh, we still have a date. Honey, though the heavens fall. When we entered the office, Mr. Wolf was frowning over a sheet of letter paper in his hand. He looked up and tossed the paper to me. That is a peculiar thing, Archie. The sheet of letter paper just arrived. Since Miss Laird is interested in detection, show it to her. Thank you. But well, some sort of code, isn't it? Q-W-E-R-T-Y-U-I-O-P. That's all. What do you suppose it means? You're kidding. Archie. Oh. What? Did I say something wrong? No, 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 no. Miss Laird, I'm sorry, but I'm afraid I haven't time for an interview just now. Goodbye, Miss Laird. Oh, but Mr. Wolf. Goodbye, Archie. Say goodbye to Mr. Wolf and let's go, honey. Goodbye. That's the way things can be around here. Well, here's the door, and shall we, uh... Shall we pause for station identification? Mm -hmm. I'll wipe it off, Archie. There. Thanks. What happened, Archie? Yes, indeed. Mr. Wolf, I mean... Oh. Why did he suddenly want me to go? Well, I'll tell you, though. I don't know whether I should. That that code message he showed you? Yes. Quirky up. You remember? Yeah, sure. Because I use a typewriter. From left to right, it's the first bank of letters on any typewriter. I see. It was a test. Yeah. And you flunked it, baby. You're no writer. Archie, I, I, I can explain Sure, it. sure, sure. Tonight. Tonight, Archie. You do believe me, don't you, Archie? Oh, of course, baby, of course. Well, it's just that I was there at the party, I mean, when, when poor Florence was murdered. Then I read in the paper about, well, how they caught the man at Nero Wolf. And I always wanted to be a writer, so I thought if I could get an exclusive interview and, well... That would be a good way to start my career, wouldn't it? Yes, yes, it would. Uh, pardon me a second, will you, Valerie? i got to make a phone call. There's a booth. It'll only take a minute or two. speaking. Archie, I'm at the Riviera with Valerie Ladd. I'm happy for you, Archie. I will remind you that I have not seen you since Valerie left the house. 
I was otherwise occupied, Archie. With Orchid. With Orchid? What do you want, Archie? Now look, with that typewriter gag, you practically told me she was a phony, didn't you? Of course, of course. Just for the record, how did you know? Have you looked at her fingernails? She never touched a typewriter in her life. I wanted to be sure. Okay, now, now do you want me to tell you something? You mean that your charming companion, Valerie, was at the party when Mrs. March was murdered? How did you know that? Simple, Archie. I got a list of the guests from Inspector Kramer. Among them was the name of Valerie Ladway. Simple? Ladway. Lad. Yeah, sure. Okay, what am I supposed to do about it? Just hang on, Archie. Just hang on. I went back to the honey blonde, the beautiful phony Valerie Ladd, Ladway. I mean, I went back to the table where she should have been, but she wasn't there. I sat down and waited. Looked at my watch, 11.24. 11.32, no Miss Ladway. 11.45, I finally realized that not only Valerie, but her coat and bag were also absent. I called the waiter. Yes, sir? Uh, what happened to my friend? The young lady left some time ago, sir. Okay, give me the bill. She paid it, sir. She did? Yes, sir. In fact, she said you gave her the money for it. Yeah? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, I didn't know it, but she is certainly right. Oh. Oh. Well, Archie, this is most thoughtless of you. Sorry, I, uh... I lost my keys. My money, too. Your keys, Archie? Yeah. Glad you were still up. You lost Miss Ladway, too? Definitely. I'm going to bed. Good night, Archie. You think it's funny, don't you? (laughs) Yes, Archie. Yes, yes, I do. Good night, Mr. Wolf. Archie. Yeah? Before you retire, one thing. What? Open the safe, will you? And leave it open. Why? Because there's nothing in it of importance. And it's a valuable save, and I don't want it damaged. Good night, Archie. At about two o'clock in the morning, I thought I heard a noise. I got up, put on the rest of my pajamas, picked up my gun, and went down to the office. A man had his head in the safe, and everything was scattered all over. I stepped inside the door. Put your hands behind your back and stand up. Okay. Now, just what are you after, Bob? When I woke up, I was alone on the office floor. I did not feel good. The place looked as if a hurricane had struck it. Every file drawer had been empty. I felt a draft from somewhere. Got to my feet, trying not to joggle my head too much. It was the front door standing open. I closed it gently. Then very, very gently, I groped my way to the kitchen for ice, water, and towels. Archie! What? Oh, didn't you hear me scream? No. Is it bad? It's better. You're angry, aren't you? Nuts. What, Archie? I said nuts, Mr. Wolf. nuts. I'm sorry about what happened. Yeah, you expected it. But I didn't expect you to be caught by somebody behind you. You must have known there would be two of them. Now, how would I know that? How? Think of Mr. Ladway's delicate hands. Do you believe she intended to open the safe herself? You think she stole my keys and so on. Well, let me tell you... Hey, wait. That guy was digging in the safe that... Then who hit me in the head? (laughs) Ah, gee, someday you'll be the death of me. In the morning, will you tell Inspector Kramer I'd like to see him here? Fuming and protesting, Kramer arrived about 1.30. When I let him into the office, Mr. Wolfe was gazing thoughtfully at the ground floor plan of the house of the late Mrs. Florence Avery March. We'd gotten it from the original architects. Wolfe looked up and almost smiled. Thank you for coming to me, Inspector. You know how difficult it is for me to come to you. Okay, okay, what's up? I take it you haven't found the diamonds. No, not yet. 
We'll break inch down, though. Don't think we won't. Oh, I'm sure. But this is what I want to ask you, and it's quite serious. Okay, okay. All right, what? After the body was found, your men arrived at the house before anyone left. Right. And before anybody was allowed to go, every person was searched thoroughly. Nobody could have gotten a pin or a needle out of that place. I know something about police methods, and I believe you. Now, how thoroughly did you search the house itself? Wolf, look, we've got that floor plan you're studying now. There are no hidden closets. Every square inch of that house has been examined. The diamonds aren't there. Willie Inch killed the dame and snatched the diamonds. What he did with them, we'll find out. Possibly, possibly. Goodbye, Inspector. At approximately 3.15, the postman arrived with an envelope for me. The envelope contained my keys, the bill from the Riviera, and the money left after the check was paid. At approximately 5.07 p.m., I discovered that Wolf had been using the telephone all by himself. He explained. He was going to have a party. He had invited all of the guests who were at Mrs. Florence Avery March's somewhat fatal party, including Anson Stark, Willie Inch, and Valerie. Nero Wolfe, the natural-born ham, he made an entrance that would have been worthy of Queen Victoria in her heavier days. He sat in his oversized throne behind his oversized desk and beamed at the peasants. Valerie moved toward me. I'm, I'm sorry, Archie, but you must know why I did it. Why? Well, you said I wasn't a writer. I wanted to prove that you weren't a detective. Did you take the stuff while we were dancing? I could have, couldn't I? You could have bumped me on the head last night, too, couldn't you? Oh, Archie. Let it go. It was humiliating, though. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you realize the purpose of this party. We want to know who killed Mrs. March and what became of her diamond. Mr. Inch. Uh, yeah? When you visited the room where the body was found, the room was dark? Uh, the bulb was burned out. I tried to turn it on. If there had been a body on the bed, would you have seen it? Maybe. With all those coats, maybe not. Sure. Mr. Stark? Yes, I said the light was on. Perhaps I was wrong. What of it? You're engaged in the manufacture of tubes for radio and television, huh? I told you that. Inspector Kramer. Yeah, what? A light bulb was found in the wastebasket in the room where Mrs. March died. Yeah. Like you said, we tried the bulb in the socket and it worked. So what? One more question. Does anybody remember whether Mr. Stark was carrying a bundle or a package... Under his arm when he arrived at Mrs. March's party. Oh, I do, Mr. Wolf. I think he had a box of flowers. That's true. I did bring flowers. No, Mr. Stark. That box contained two parts of a light bulb and some adhesive. During the party, you strangled Mrs. March, put the diamonds into the light bulb, assembled the thing, and screwed it into the lamp socket. Archie, stop him! Really, Archie, it was quite simple. Light bulbs are only a stem glass bowl and a brass sheath. Yet nobody, including the police, would think of looking inside one. Mr. Stark could come back and collect his treasure any time after the excitement had died down. What's the matter, Archie? I got a headache. Valerie Ladd. Ladby. Wugger. She and whoever the man was with her must have thought the diamonds were here. That bump on your head will be better in the morning. Bottle of beer, please, Archie. I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah. Why must you place such confidence in women? Remember what happened to Mark Antony and Samson and Archie Goodwin. <laughs> Good night, Archie. have been listening to The New Adventures of Nero Wolf, starring Sidney Greenstreet. Tonight,
Tonight's transcribed story by Mindred Lord was based on the characters created by Rex Stout, produced and directed by J. Donald Wilson. This is an Edwin Fadiman production. In the cast were Harry Bartell as Archie Goodwin, and Gigi Pearson, Bud Heaston, Gray Stafford, Dick Ryan, and Bill Johnstone. Stay tuned for The Baby Snook Show, next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for The Baby Snook Show, starring comedian and Ziegfeld Follies member Fanny Bryce as a mischievous young girl who was 40 years younger than the actress who played her when she first went to the air. This program first aired in 1945. Sanka is the coffee that lets you sleep. But now, wake up! It's time for the Baby Snooks Show! It's the Baby Snooks Show, which will star Fanny Bryce as Baby Snooks with Hanley Stafford as Dashiell Guest of the Day, Eddie Cantor. And brought to you by Sanka Coffee, the coffee that's 100% flavor-rich, so you'll always enjoy it, and 90% caffeine-free, so it will never interfere with sleep. It is late afternoon in the Higgins household in Sycamore Terrace, and Baby Snooks has not come home from school. Daddy and Mommy are frantic with worry. Daddy has been making a tour of the town in search of Snooks, and he's just now coming in the house. Is that you, Lancelot? Yes, dear. Did Snooks come home? No. Didn't you find her anywhere? Not a trace. I went to the park, the drugstore, the movie theater. What was playing? (laughs) What's that got to do with it? It was called Flaming Passion. Snooks wouldn't be interested in seeing that. Oh, no. No, of course not. She's already seen it four times. <laughs> well, I don't know where else to look for her. Did you try the bakery shop? Bakery shop? Yes. Mr. Schultz tells me she often goes in there and steals the coffee cake. <laughs> I should have thought of that. Take your feet off that chair. Oh, yes, dear. Say, do you think she could be at the public library? No, no, I doubt it. Isn't her library card in that big book there? Oh, yes. My, what did she take this book out for? A critical analysis of pre-Renaissance Gothic architecture. (laughs) Uh, What did she take out a big book like that for? It makes more spitballs. (laughs) Oh, what's the matter with that kid? Hmm. Well, remember, you're her father. Watch your ashes! Oh, oh, yes, dear. Doesn't she know that's public property? I'll just wait till she comes home. Oh, I wish she would come home. Well, don't you worry, dear. She'll show up. I have Uncle Louie and Aunt Sophie out hunting for her. This isn't the first time she's been late. But not this late. An ice cream for dinner, and she hasn't done anything naughty. Nothing that we know of. Maybe that's Snooks. It's Uncle Louie. Don't slam the door. Remember the picture. Hang the picture up again, Lancelot. Yes, dear. A cardboard house. Any news, Uncle Louie? Oh, not a thing. My bookie skipped town. <laughs> oh, we don't care about the races. Oh. Didn't you go to the police station? Oh, yes, 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 that I did. I didn't think you knew. please, Uncle Louie. Please tell us what happened. Oh, it was nothing. I pleaded guilty and they let me off with a small fine. (laughs) Small fine? Yeah. I sent you to the police station to find out about Snooks. Well, so you did, but how do you like that? The low-down cheats took my check without batting an eye. I'll sue them. That check turns out to be good. <laughs> oh, a lot of help you've been. Well, what about Snooks? A great little girl. Great. Louie, and... try to be sensible. Don't you realize Snooks is gone? How did you ever arrange it? No. Oh. <laughs> Maybe something terrible has happened. Can't you think where she might be? Uh, let me see. I'll, I, uh, I have it. I have it. I'll go look in the pool parlor at the corner. Oh, don't be ridiculous. 
What would she be doing at the pool parlor? Well, you know, Snooks. Maybe she's behind the eight ball again. Oh. <laughs> I'll go down and see. Uh, goodbye, folks. Louie, don't slap it. Oh. Hang the picture up again, Lancelot. Yes, dear. Well, answer the phone, Lancelot. Oh, yes, dear. <coughs> Hello? Hello, Lancelot, dear boy. It's Aunt Sophie. Uh, did you find out anything, Aunt Sophie? About Snooks? No. The most unfortunate thing happened. I fainted. Uh-huh. In front of whose mansion? Uh, the Van Peisters. And you'll never guess what. They just happen to be having a big, swanky party. Well, however did you know? Well, last week you sprained your ankle and they had to carry you into the Kensington's tea dance, Aunt. The week before you had a sunstroke. Now, never mind. Fa- they just happen to be unfortunate accidents. Why don't you forget your phony social aspirations? After all, we both know you used to be a waitress in a hash house. Why, Lancelot, that is merely a figment of your imagination. All right. Forget about it, Aunt Sophie. Just bring me some hotcakes. One stack of it's coming up! <laughs> for shame. How can you resort to such low-down trickery? A fine way to treat a weekend guest. I did you two jewels. Weekend guests. Since when is it three years from Friday to Monday? Lancelot. Well, I'm sorry, dear. It's just that I'm so upset about Snooks. Well, I'm going to do something practical right now. I'm going over to the radio station. Eddie Cantor is doing a program. Maybe he'll broadcast an appeal about Snooks. Okay, Mr. Cantor, we're ready for your number. All right. All right. Thank you, fellas. Now, remember, Union, I go back on the air with my program September the 26th. It's only 10 days away. Now, let's run over. I'm going to love that gal. Make it good, huh? I'm going to love that gal like she's never been loved before. I'm going to show that gal she's the baby that I adore. When she's in my arms again, our dreams will all come true. Then the years between might never have been. We'll start our lives anew. I'm going to kiss that gal like she's never been kissed before. And though I miss that gal, she's the baby I'm waiting for. We'll never part again. She'll hold my heart again forever and never more. I'm going to love that gal like she's never been loved before. Sister, I can hardly wait. Feel my heart palpitate. We'll never part again. She'll hold my heart again forever and never more. I'm going to love that gal. I'm going to kiss that gal. I'm going to love that gal like she's ever been loved That's fine. Oh, uh, excuse me, sir. I'm Lancelot Higgins. Do you run this studio? Run the studio? If I ran it, do you think I'd let myself get away with the things I get away with? (laughs) I'm, uh, I'm Eddie Cantor. Oh, well, uh, Mr. Cantor, I came here for help. Well, I get pleasure out of helping people. What, uh, what is your trouble? My little daughter is lost. I see. Would you like to borrow one of mine? (laughs) Oh, no, no. Take your choice. There's Marilyn and Marjorie, there's Janet, there's Edna. I I can go on like this for days, you know. I just want my own dear little Snooks. I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Higgins. An only child, no doubt? I have three others. How many children have you? I don't know. When I left home this morning, Ida wasn't... Uh (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Higgins, I've been in the maternity ward so often they served me aspirin with my monogram on it. (laughs) So, you see, I'm in a position to give you some advice. Oh, thank you. You say you have four little girls, huh? 
No, two of them are boys. Boys? In that case, you can give me some advice. <laughs> Please, Mr. Cantor. I thought if only we could make some sort of radio appeal, we might find Snooks immediately. Well, I'll speak to my announcer, Harry Von Zell. Maybe he could slip in the announcement with his commercial, huh? Well, swell. I don't know how to thank you. No need. Glad to do it. Now, let me take some notes on her appearance. What does your little girl look like? Uh... Well, did you see Meet Me in St. Louis? Well, yes. You mean she looks like Margaret O'Brien? No, Marjorie May. <laughs> and now she's lost. Yes. Let me be the first to congratulate you. Oh, but you don't understand. I want to find her. Well, everybody to a stage, but I warn you, the older they get, the harder they are to lose. <laughs> That's what George Jessel told me. I'll tell you what I want to do. <laughs> Anyhow... I'm pretty good at this sort of thing. When did you first notice that she was missing? Well, not for quite a while. I was busy in my laboratory working on a new invention, a fuel substitute. Really? Yes. It's a powdery substance. You simply drop it in water and use it for gas. What's it called? Salopatica? <laughs> Seriously, why don't you take me home with you? Perhaps I can track her down for you. Oh, no, I wouldn't ask oh, you to... Let's be on our way. I want to meet your family. Well, you asked for it. Dragon and his orchestra with June is busting out all over. Snooks. Well, I've got someone here who might help us. Dear, I'd like you to meet Eddie Cantor. How do you do? Are you one of Snooks' little friends? <laughs> Madam, don't let my young appearance fool you. I'm old enough to be Snooks' brother. Older brother, oldest. Oh, ooh, ah. Mommy, this is Eddie Cantor. Who? Oh, you know him. If you knew Susie and I... No, Susie. Oh, 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 what a gal. Uh, Lancelot. Lancelot, how can you act so stupid at a time like this? Stupid? I've made a good living. Seriously, Mrs. Higgins. Mrs. Higgins, I came here to be of assistance. I want to do anything I can to help you find Snook. Oh, I've been racking my brain. I noticed a funny sound here. Go ahead. You know... You know... 
just before you came in, I almost established contact with her. What's that? Oh, don't mind her, Eddie. She thinks she's psychic. Well, don't scoff. It's perfectly possible. All women have a sort of a sixth sense. They do. Did you ever try to sneak in at 3 a.m. after a poker game? <laughs> I see what you mean. Sure, they're all equipped with radar. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Mrs. Higgins. You stay here and try to contact Snooks. Mr. Higgins, would you show me the place where she was last seen? All right. It was up in the twins' nursery. Come on. Let's go. Nice, uh, nice little house you've got here. Well, it wasn't this nice when we bought it. No? We've made changes in a lot of the rooms. Here's the baby's nursery. Baby's nursery? I bet you've made a lot of changes in here, too. <laughs> I have... I'd like to have a nickel for every one I folded and pinned on those two babies. Me too, me too. I was as fast as lightning in my day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you're probably pretty pretty rusty now. Oh, I don't know. One doesn't lose a touch. Wouldn't be a bit surprised if I could beat you right now. Bet you $10. You're on. You take one of the twins, and I'll take the other. Yeah. Here's yours. Yeah. Oh, sure. Mine would cry. Sure, sure. This was a better idea than we thought. Ready? Ready. All clear for action? All clear. Material unfolded? Material unfolded. Pin free and clear? Pin free and clear. Go. Roger. Once, Once over, over, twice, twice over. over. Up, Up we go, go under we go, left side, right side. Hey, no pen. What's the matter? What'd I do? You can't do that. You forgot the powder. Well, I always use the powder afterwards. <laughs> After you've diapered them? How? How? I leave an opening. That's how. <laughs> Quiet. Quiet. Here comes Aunt Sophie. What's going on here? Oh, we put daddies on the baby. Uh, oh. Babies on the daddy. <laughs> daddies on the Bobby. <laughs> he said, Bobby, I would have killed him. <laughs> well, you won't have a... <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you both have a poor sense of direction. Look how high up you've got them. You've gagged the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we felt we could use a gag here. <laughs> a comedian. Oh, he certainly is. This is Eddie Cantor. What, the Eddie Cantor? Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, Mr. Cantor. Why, I remember the first time I saw you. What a memory. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why, you had been a star for years. Years? Take yeah. it easy. Take it easy now. Well, yes, I got in for half price. Yeah, why? Were you in the service? Uh... <laughs> I didn't know they had wax in the Civil War. <laughs> why, Mr. Cantor, I take back all the nice things I said about you. I bid you Avon Dupoy. Dupoy on you too, too. <laughs> well, Mr. Cantor, it's getting later and still no sign of Snooks. Now, you say you last saw the child here in the nursery? Oh, no. I didn't see her. No? The cook, Sunshine, was the last to see her. Well, let me speak to her. Well, I'll ask her if she'll see you. You'll ask her? Tell her. Tell her I want to speak to her. Evidently, you don't have help at your house. Of course not. Not with six women in the house. I simply bought each of them a carpet sweeper, and I stand in the middle of the room and direct traffic. <laughs> well, now, look. Why don't you tell me what you want to ask the cook, and I'll ask her while I'm doing the dishes tonight. Don't tell me she makes you wash the dishes. Oh, only takes minutes. Yeah, but why do you have to do it? Why not your wife? Or who'd sit with the cook's child? <laughs> of course. I never thought of that. It's really not so bad. She gets every Thursday night off. Who, the cook? No, my wife. <laughs> Why do you let her get away with so much? Well, cooks are hard to get. Besides, she can lick me. Yeah. Well, I'll be able to handle her. Come on, Higgins, to the kitchen. I'll see some time. There's a kitchen right here. Mm -hmm. Sunshine, I'd like a word with you. Yeah. That's the word. Goodbye. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Sunshine, don't you know who this is? He's a famous radio comedian. Oh, come right in, Mr. Hope. <laughs> no. This is Eddie Cantor. Eddie Cantor. Well, come right in. Oh, you like me, huh? No, I just want to see how it feels to have ham in the kitchen again. 
that's all. Let's get out of here, Higgins. Wait. You said you were going to tell her off. Don't be silly, Higgins. Why should I talk harshly to her? She might be somebody's father. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> We'll resume our search for baby Snooks in a few moments, but now we'd like to have you meet our young singing star of Paramount Pictures, Bob Graham, singing How Deep is the Ocean. Just thought... Yeah? Uh, well, uh, a little refreshment for our guest. You mean that so-called radio comedian? No. Oh, now, now. Look, I'll fix it. Let's see, now, where would the coffee be? Not in the other. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, of course not. Uh, uh, oh. Well, here we are. Uh, uh, oh. Well, here we are. Sanky coffee. Hmm. What a coffee, Higgins. Why? Why, Sank is the coffee that lets everybody sleep. It's got the caffeine taken out, that's why. You see, it's the caffeine in coffee, not the coffee itself, that robs so many people of sleep. How did you get in here again, Wilcox? Oh, I was just passing by the kitchen window when I heard you say Sank a coffee. And at once I said to myself, Wilcox, if you're half the man I think you are, you'll go right in there and see if Mr. Higgins has had any news about Snooks. So, here I am, huh. and I... Wouldn't be the Sanker. Say, did you ever taste a coffee that could compare with it in richness and freshness and body? Why, a man would be mad to pass up a cup of Sanka coffee. But uh, don't get me wrong. If I had to choose between Snooks and Sanka coffee... There isn't any news of Snooks, Wilcox. Oh, too bad. Well, I'll just finish up my coffee and go, then. I know you'd rather be alone at a time like this, Higgins. So long. <laughs> Now, back to our search for Baby Snooks. 
Well, we've gone through the house, Mr. Campbell. Are you sure you've told me everything, Higgins? Everything I know. And I've spoken to everybody in your family? Everybody except Uncle Louis Groot. Well, where is... Well, here we are, back in the living room. Uncle Louis! Get out from under that sofa. Well, all right. But if you weren't such a cheapskate, I wouldn't have to search for your cigars like a sneak thief. <laughs> if you'd buy your own, I wouldn't have to hide them all the time. I choose to take that as an insult. I've got a good mind to pack up and leave. Oh, yes? Right after supper. Yep. <laughs> uh, who's your bug-eyed companion here? <laughs> bug-eyed? Uh, Louie, that's no way to talk to a guest in my house. This is Eddie Cantor. And he's going to ask you a few questions. Yeah. I got an alibi, mister. I was standing there. Mind my own yeah, wait business. Wait a minute. 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 It was a nice conversation we had. <laughs> Look, I'm not a detective. I just want to ask you a few amateur questions. Oh, well, go ahead. I'll give you a few professional answers. <laughs> Being questioned is nothing new for Louis. Well, don't worry. He won't outsmart me. What's your name? Louis Groot. Where were you born? New Orleans. How old are you? Fifty-five. Are you a citizen? Yeah, are you? Yes. Age? Fifty-three. Born? New York. Name? Eddie Camp. Who's asking who? Is he? I told you you wouldn't get anything out of him. Well, uh, I'll be running along. Don't hesitate to call on me. Goodbye, Mr. Groot. Uh, so long, bug eye. Bug eye. Don't slam door. Such strange people. Yes, I wish I could lose him instead of Snooks. Oh, poor little Snooks. I'm terribly sorry I haven't been able to help you, Mr. Higgins. Of course, I will make an announcement on the radio, but I, I wish I could do something in the meantime. Oh, you couldn't do anything. Nothing can take the place of my little girl. Not even me? You. Well, I feel I've been listening to Snooks so often I could use oh, just as well... Really? Spell- That's impossible. Why, Daddy? Oh, no! No, not that! I want to be Snooks. Uh, how can you? You're Eddie Cather and Snooks is Snooks. I want to be Snooks. <laughs> this is silly. You're not a child. What am I? What do you think you are? An elephant. <laughs> you are not. When I grow up, Daddy, can I be an elephant? Why, of course not. Why should you want to be an elephant? So I can squirt water through my nose. <laughs> Look, let me tell you something. All right, I'll sit on your lap. No. You want to sit on my lap, Dad? Aren't you acting a little bit silly? Uh-huh. Of course, it's way past my bedtime, Daddy. Well, what do you want me to do about it? Tuck me in my little bed and put me to sleep, Daddy. Oh, sure. I carry you up to the nursery and tuck you in bed. Anything else you want? Yes. What? Kiss me. What? I want to get out of bed. What for? You know. I'm thirsty, Daddy. I'm thirsty. Uh, Never mind. I'm not listening. You'll be sorry. I'm sorry enough now. Don't bother me. If I don't bother you and go to sleep, can I go out and play with the girls tomorrow, Daddy? Oh, what would you be doing playing with little girls? Who said anything about little girls? (laughs) That's the last straw. You uh, want to be Snooks, eh? Uh Uh-huh. And you want me to treat you just like I treat her? Yeah. Come here, dear. Here I am, little Daddy. What do you want? This. Ah! I'm sorry, Mr. Cantor. For a minute, I forgot myself. You see, it did you some good. It helped you forget. And believe me, Mr. Higgins, I'll keep on trying to find your little girl. I'm going to make that radio announcement tonight. What are you going to say? Just this. If anybody discovers the whereabouts of Snooks, please get in touch with her daddy, Lancelot Higgins, in Sycamore Terrace. Thank you, and good night. The first program in the series, introducing the new Baby Snooks show, which will star Fanny Bryce as Baby Snooks. With Hanley Stafford as Daddy, Carmen Dragon and his orchestra, and Bob Graham, vocalist. Stay tuned to this station for the adventures of the Thin Man, which follows station identification. And be sure to listen next week at the same time for another Baby Snooks show. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Nick Carter, followed by the Aldrich family. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.